On Only. Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. And now, here's your host and personal guide, award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, taking you around the world in style, Jill Pater. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my co-host here, Sam. Sam, how's it going today? It is going well. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so today, Sam, we are going to be traveling to Chile and the Atacama Desert. We will obviously be taken there by our resident travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill, how's it going today? It's going great, thanks. Awesome, awesome. Um, Okay, Jill, what made you choose this part of Chile? This is a a very unique part of the country. So as we know, Chile is a very long and thin country. So getting from north to south takes some effort. I recommend visiting both of those parts separately if possible, just because they're very different topography, terrain, and climates. Like two different trips? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think ideally so. Um, So the Atacama Desert is one of the most beautiful deserts in the world. And this particular part of the world, there's so many. It's a great adventure, explorer um, type place. There's so much to do in terms of trekking, so many beautiful natural landscapes to see. It's one of the best places in the world to stargaze. Um, And it's just, it's a very, very unique vacation to take. So how remote is it? Is it, I mean, because, you know, it's a desert, but is it is it tough to get there? Is it tough to get around while you're there? So you typically fly to Santiago, the capital. So you're flying down into Chile, and then you fly up to Calama, which is the main airport for San Pedro de Atacama. It's about an hour, hour and a half drive from Calama Airport into the small town, San Pedro de Atacama. And it's a, it's a super cute town, very petite dirt roads. Um, all the adventure travel tours are there. There's a couple of restaurants, there's hotels, um, but it's a very kind of small place. And then from there, you have literally like hundreds of miles of desert and, sure. and things to explore. Yeah. So how, how long were you there for? I was there for about nine days. Nine days. And was it like humid? What was the weather like at the time of the year that you went? I went in December and the weather, it was absolutely beautiful. It was, it was perfect. It was That's kind of their summer, dry. is it? Southern hemisphere or no? Is yeah. It? But at, the Atacama Desert is fairly north yeah. in part of Chile. So it's not, they're not totally Southern sure. hemisphere. So um, it was, it was perfect. It was pleasant temperature during the day, got a little bit cooler at night. Um, just like a, a desert would. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Dry as okay. you would imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I, I was doing a little research. They have high quantities, <laughs> high quantities of copper and quartz. So how, what, how did that kind of project into the people? Good vibes, you know, good energy. <laughs> Super like, good vibes. I love that. Yeah. Like, did the quartz really make their vibe? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, <laughs> asking for a friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend. Um, no, actually, it's, that is a great question. It does. It does have a great vibe, that area. I mean, it's it's just a very unique part of the world. And on the show, we've been to Namibia, and we talk about kind of how that desert is so open and expansive. Right. And this one is similar in that regard, although many more people and travelers visit this particular area and trekking. But it does have a, a very unique feel to it, for okay. sure. So when you, when you go to a place like this, are you going for work? Because, you know, I just, I feel like you've gone to a lot of cities where there is, you know, great architecture, but this is a desert. So did you go to shoot stuff or were you just there kind of for your own pleasure, for fun? Uh, a bit of both. So I, while I was there, I shot landscapes. There's also some great high-end hospitality um, that I shot as well for a book that I was working on. And, and, and then a big part of it was pleasure as well. But the landscapes there are absolutely stunning. Um, 
the hotels, you have a lot of options, everything from hostels to B&Bs to high, very high-end hotels. So there's a pretty big mix there. Where did you stay? I stayed in, I stayed probably at what would you consider a mid-range hotel. It okay. was very nice, uh, little palapas and great service, great, yeah. um, just just really nice, excellent hospitality there. Um, everything is kind of set up for tourism. So San Pedro de Atacama, the town, it, it's a tourist town. So everybody okay. there, you know, they're, they set, they're geared up for right. you and ready right. ready to take you out. Uh, so it's, because it is kind of a tourist town, like what are the people like? Is it Are they, I mean, just a desert town or a desert you know, region? I, I'm just never yeah. sure what to expect from the people. Are they lively? Is it a great culture? Very, you know, are you able to kind of submerse yourself into it? Yeah. So the people there are super, super friendly. Um, because it is touristy, you have a mix of people from all over the world. It's definitely caters more toward adventure travelers. So it has that feel to it. There is some nightlife, but that's definitely not why most people are there. Right. They're usually kind of using it as a base to do some of this other like great adventure travel in the region. Um, it just has a good feel. Like it kind of caters to, I would say, slightly more experienced travelers tend to go there again, because usually on people's bucket list, you know, there's certain places that come first and a lot of people go to Patagonia first so south of Chile before they'll go to the north northern Chile so this is kind of like a a, tends to be a more seasoned traveler although you you definitely don't need to be to visit the place by any means um but yeah adventure people people who want to be out hiking doing things yeah I was going to say so what are some of those types of adventures you know because if if you are that more you know adventure outdoorsy type and you would love to go here what can they expect to maybe see or get into? So they have a, a, like a lot of Jeep drives and yeah. things that you can do. And you're, you're just, they're basically like taking you out to different parts. So probably one of the top sites there is Valle de la Luna, which is Moon Valley. Wow. And you go up to a hike. You usually do some stargazing at night, watch the, you know, if it's a full moon, that's obviously an ideal time to be there. But it's a lot of it is about trekking and kind of hikes through these different areas. Um, there's Solar de Tala. Uh, sorry, Salar de Talar, <laughs> um, Red Rocks, uh, Death Valley, Geysers. So it's a lot of just like these beautiful these natural, natural land formations. Yeah. Laguna, Colorado, which is absolutely stunning. That's actually <clears throat> goes into the border uh, across from Chile into Bolivia. Um, so it's just these like kind of amazing out of this world different parts, different aspects of the right. landscape. And there's usually some element of like trekking or hiking involved. It's not, you know, super steep or you don't have to be an expert hiker sure. or anything, but it's more about being out and about in the desert. Yeah. Did, Did, or go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to, what was the adventure, your favorite adventure while you went? Like, did you do hikes and, you know, trekking? I loved um, Valle de la Luna, the Moon mm-hmm. Valley. Yeah, I did. So do you I did hike all at night? Them. Is that yeah? How so that you're works? out with a group, so you go with a guide, obviously, and you're hiking up. And I think I was there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was either full moon or it was a special time. And the stars there, because there's no pollution, there's no cities, there's no lights, there's They're no just traffic, so bright. are so bright and right. so low. And so they kind of do this whole, you know, astronomy. Uh, lecture and tour and mm-hmm. stuff outside and so you kind of hike into this canyon and then hike back out yeah. that sounds beautiful so i'm assuming that kind of the topography and landscape that's what really makes chile special and unique yes yeah. and, and chile has so much varied landscape because the country literally runs the whole continent of south america so you have so many things from you know patagonia in the south <clears throat> which is very, very different into Santiago, into their wine region, and then all the way up north where where this, um, where San Pedro de Atacama is, um, completely different. Right. So you can have, 
you know, such drastically different experiences within the same country. Yeah, that's wild. Um, so where you were, were you able to find good cuisine, good food? Yeah, the food, I wouldn't say it's the number one highlight, right. um, but there's certainly very good food to be had. It's, again, everything's kind of more catered to Avenger travelers, so it's a little bit rougher and tumbler like than— energy bars yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we have no—yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no we don't have the Michelin star restaurants, but, th- but that being said, very good food. Obviously, Chile is known for its wine, mm-hmm. so you have access to amazing wines and— um, you know, because people are hiking, they're not so much partying late at night. But are they known for their sea bass, <laughs> Chilean sea bass. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 you debunked it already. Yes, right. yes. I knew it. Yes, you I knew it. That wine makes sense. So you're like yes. hiking all day. You're not trying to get trashed at night because you're trying to <laughs> right. get up early in the morning and trying to keep it together right. for this one. Right. So right. the wine that sounds incredible. That's your challenge. I'm sure that's your challenge. Yeah. Did you have um? Did you have a lot of traditional like cuisine while you were there? Anything that you tried for the first time? Um, not so much that I've tried for the first time because I had been to Chile before. Okay. Um, but it's always great getting back. Like I love um, Chilean red wines in particular. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, where I stay, they they put like a lot of traditional dishes together. And, and so they, you know, the, the hospitality there, the hotels and B&Bs do the best they can to give tourists kind of a taste of it. Yeah. Um, being that it is a smaller tourist town and not, you know, it's not. Santiago, where you have all of those culinary options, but yeah. certainly very good food to be had. So cost-wise, um, is there a difference between like the, the north and south region or just like in Atacama in general? Like how is it is it budget friendly or I think it can be budget friendly again because it's a, a slightly you know smaller airport that you're going to within the country the international flight might be a little more difficult to get say a deal on but once you're there there's there's tons of budget options you have lots of backpackers that go there mm-hmm. um, on to people who stay at Relay and Chateau hotels right. so there's there's literally something for every budget and doing a lot of the adventure tours it's very very reasonable sure so is is chili um i mean is it a place you'd go back you know because it does sound like it's it's very kind of specific like if you want adventure if you want that would you go back for pleasure or you know would you shoot there again Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite country in South America, hands down. Wow. Yeah, one of the most beautiful. And Chile is a little bit different socioeconomically than the rest of South America. It's, um, it has a, you know, higher lifestyle, so to speak, higher, you know, income levels. And so it just has, you know, political and social refinement that you don't see in all aspects of South America. In fact, when you cross the border into Bolivia, it's it's immediate, you know, that you see a huge difference in infrastructure, even dealing with the authorities and and other things. So it's a very, you know, like it's it's much more refined in a lot of ways and very easy to travel, much safer. Uh, Chileans are super friendly and super helpful. Um, so it's it's really a nice place to visit. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's rare that you find places where you do have that spectrum of budget in terms of, you know, people that can go there and stay in hostels, like, you know, traditional backpackers, all the way up to like some of the top nice, places yeah. in, in the world. And so I think that gives it some credence to you have, you know, people who room. just love to travel and, and get outside. Yeah. I mean, I, I now thinking about this, because this... This particular place is like more adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've kind of traveled with you to a safari and then to a beach, you know, city. And so I can imagine your packing situation is a bit different for this uh, this particular trip. How did that uh, differ with your other trips? Sure. So this one was very easy in the sense that... <clears throat> 
you know, everything you're doing, you're not getting dressed up. There's nowhere fancy to go at night. So you need a pretty basic set of clothes, like okay. kind of similar to the safari packing, like cargo pants, you know, lightweight tops, things to change out, something at night when it gets a little bit cooler, so a lightweight jacket, but very, very easy to pack for. And again, most of the resorts or hotels will have some type of laundry service. They're used to taking care of that type of thing for guests. So very easy to pack for. You don't have to you don't have to get ready at night. You don't there's have no to. Dancing, yeah, huh? yeah. There's Sam, no. Yeah. Sam's probably not going to go. It's Dang more. It. Yeah. It's more adventure gear. You know, having the right shoes, like right. having good hiking shoes. Yeah. Is important. I, this is this is kind of on and off topic though. Um, since you've had so many so much experience in different kinds of you know terrain, do you have your set of like these are my particular hiking shoes? These are my safari shoes. These are my you know, walking shoes. And how do you? You know, like, how did you did you do a lot of research in those particular kinds of like that kind of gear? For this trip, I did, you know, make the mandatory trip to Aria. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> and get outfit of work right. and got, you know, got got the shoes. And when I say adventure, I don't want, I don't mean to make it sound like you're climbing Kilimanjaro because it's really not. No, I literally, that's, right. yeah. that's what yeah. I'm thinking. I'm yeah, like, oh, it's, okay. it's not like that at all. It's very, you know, for the most part, it's low-grade hiking. It's like Runyon Canyon. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in it, that yeah. case. I get it LA. No, it's... Um, it's it's relatively low grade hiking. I would say it's it's the type of activity most people who are you know mildly healthy can easily sure. do, um, but because it's you know because it's desert landscape, you you, you want hiking shoes. So yeah, I said I went to REI, got a couple of things, you know, just things that are like quick drying pants and tops and things mm-hmm. that are easy to to mix and match. But the shoes are important, having yeah. good walking shoes anywhere you go. And right. so I do have hiking shoes, and then I do have shoes that I. Typically, wear like my day to day shoes when I'm in other cities. Because even in major cities, you need to be comfortable. You know, you're walking probably eight times as much as you normally do at home yeah. and, and all day. Yeah. Um, so, having the right gear is very important, especially if you're going to these places kind of off season or during extreme temperatures and mm-hmm. you need technical gear to, to kind of get you through. Right. Yeah. So, when you're at home and you're thinking, you know, where do I want to go next? You know, what country do I want to visit? Where do you? And what inspires you to kind of seek out destinations like a Chile, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is, I mean, you know, where you went, it's a lot of desert. Um, you know, what what kind of goes through your mind when you're thinking and planning forward to a trip? Well, I think I always have, I keep um, kind of a portal of all of these you know, places I want to go. I'll just collect things from magazines or I'll be, you know, at the car wash looking at something to, you know, rip it out of a magazine. Um, uh, online, you see, you know, documentaries on a certain place. And so I have kind of a list of places that I, I want to eventually go to. And then I kind of start lightly researching them and just figuring out when's the best time to go here. You know, what kind of costs can you expect? And then, you know, as I have free time in my schedule or if it, if it pertains to a particular shoot I'm doing, then I, then I start kind of diving in a little bit more and figuring out, is this the right time to, to pull the trigger on that particular trip? Yeah. And then it gets real because then it, it gets really <laughs> real. And it's always, and, go. Right. and I have to say, it's always a little bit like it, even still, it's always a little bit scary, like pulling that trigger, you know, you're looking at a place and you don't write, you know, one of the biggest questions I think is always safety and like, yeah. you know, because safety influences cost for a trip in many ways. Oh, so sure. if it's not safe, you know, you need a driver or you need security or you need, you know, you need more infrastructure around you when you travel. So that ups the price quite a bit. And so you look at that and then, you know, kind of some of the other factors. But every time I book a trip, I still kind of have a little bit of, you know, nervousness and anxiety. Yeah. Like, is this, you know, did I do the right thing? Is that- the same for 
destinations that you've been to before? No. No. No, If you've gone somewhere, you're you're pretty comfortable going back. Yeah. 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 And you – because you're primarily a solo traveler. So being able to have those accommodations to make you feel comfortable are really important, right? Right. And having, you know, safer places to stay, like particularly, you know, I was in parts of the Middle East and, you know, where they don't see a lot of solo female travelers. So those are places where you'd almost exclusively stay at four or five star Mm -hmm. hotels just to have kind of that extra protection, whereas other places – you can kind of get away with, you know, staying anywhere. Mm-hmm. Did you, for this particular trip, did you travel solo? I did. Mm-hmm. And and so how was transportation? Like? So transportation, super easy. So, you know, everybody is kind of going to this destination. Everyone that kind of comes into that airport is going to this particular destination. So the hotels have arranged, all okay. have arranged pickup. Mm-hmm. So that makes it very easy. And then once you're there, there's probably, I don't know, 20 to 30 different tour operators, all different kinds. So like a lot of small groups that will take you out in a Jeep. So it might be like two or three people in a Jeep. Um, the town is really set up for this type of tourism. So it was very easy to go there as a solo traveler and kind of book into different things. And um, there, there was nothing I felt like I couldn't do because I was alone or, or that felt weird because I wasn't with a group. Okay. It was actually a, a great place to go, I think, as a solo traveler. Yeah, and I can imagine you're meeting people along the way if oh, people yeah. are doing, uh, you know, these adventure-driven Absolutely. things. Yeah. And you're with people all day, you know, so you're going out to these different locations. And and so it's a really nice way to meet people and yeah. other travelers. And everybody's kind of coming from a different part or have done other things. So you also share a lot of information on, you know, what to do next or where to go. Yeah. Any surprises? Hmm. <laughs> and Chile, yeah. I mean, I, I think it just sounds like you know, just that complete kind of, I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's culture shock, but right, it's just coming from, you know, southern Los Angeles, going all the way down to Chile, like in, in a desert, right? Like it just seems yeah. like it would be very different. I think the surpriser was just, I knew, you know, you know it's a beautiful place, but yeah. the natural beauty is like, off the charts. It was such a cool place. And it was in, and there was an element of it being so easy to travel, like so easy as a traveler to find everything you needed to find to kind of get to all these different places that you wanted to get to. And so I think the ease of it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting it to be that easy. And two, just like the natural beauty. It it was just like kind of off the charts. And we'll be posting images on the Destination Calpac site so you can you can judge for yourself. I'm definitely excited for that stuff to go yeah. up yeah. because I think really kind of help paint that picture. Um, you know, you're giving us tremendous insight to these places, but to see them come to life, right? Because yeah. they are so uh, just so amazing um, in the way that you are able to capture it, um, being a professional photographer. Um, definitely excited to kind of see what, what they look like. And especially with travel now, I mean, most of the places people go, they're, they're heavy tourist destinations. Sure. So to be able to go somebody somewhere where there is such a natural landscape and be able to kind of experience a slightly different type of travel, I think is a gift because there are, there are a few places in the world like this where it's so beautiful, it's so safe, but yet there's the infrastructure there to do it. You know, yeah. there's you still have nice hotels to stay at. You don't have to like pitch a tent. Yeah, yeah I think that's so incredible that, for listeners to know so that they don't feel intimidated. Right. And know? that perfect kind of juxtaposition of, you know, comfort, like having a level of infrastructure and, you know, a level of, of natural being. Right. So like things are there that you need, but you're not it's not overrun with tourists. Yeah. yeah. Sam, I hear a drum roll coming. I hear it as well. <laughs> you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for Jill's uh, 
packing hack. Um, in this case, um, I know a lot of people, like myself, uh, kind of bring like a mini little emergency pharmacy along with me just to kind of uh, be sure that I have everything that I need. Um, is that the case for you, Jill? Absolutely. I recommend always bringing your little pharmacy, so to speak, mm-hmm. with you in your rollerboard on flights mm-hmm. um, just to, you know, in case you get sick on the flight or in case, you know, oftentimes you'll get migraine headaches because you're de- dehydrated or, you know, headaches or also just things like no jet lag pills, mm-hmm. um, which I find very helpful. It's just a, it's a naturopathic. That's the name, right? Like, no jet lag pills. Literally. Not yeah. Like, I was going to ask. Don't bring them, Thanks. but they're called no jet lag <laughs> no. pills. <laughs> yep. That, that is the brand, no jet lag pills. Um, and those I find very helpful, especially for those extended flights. Yeah. I always have uh, Advil, ibuprofen um, with me as well, again, because of the dehydration issue, yeah. especially if you like to drink on the plane. It's a good idea to just <laughs> like to dabble with the Chilean yeah. wine. Right. Yeah. Right. To get you. And then um, vitamin C and zinc. Yeah. So before I leave for a long trip, especially something that has a long you know, flight associated with it, taking vitamin C a couple of days before, a little bit of zinc, just kind of boosting your immune system before you before get on the you flight. Go, yeah. Like yeah. to a totally different region. Right. Yeah. And get on it. Awesome. It's always a good way, especially when you're not, if you are if you have a hard time sleeping on flights or you have a hard time adjusting to time zones, just giving that extra, your immunity, an extra chance to kind of recharge yeah. is always a good idea. Great. Well, Jill, thank you once again. Uh, it was great to go through Chile with you. Um, so appreciate your time. Thank you once again. Thank you. Carry on only. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater.